I need you here. Hey, what's up, Harold? Oh, uh, where have where you been? I was just picking up my new harp. Isn't that cool? I mean, who wants to carry around a big harp like you've got to? Let me see that. No, 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 no. That's not a harp. I'm sure it is. Oh. And it sounds way cooler. Oh, bad. someone cares about you, Elmer, and they've got concerns for your well-being. It's Inga, isn't it? Mm. She keeps telling me I'm pranking people too much, and I'm just a mess-up. Well, she needs to mind her own business. Mm. Well, you know, we can't really say who it is, but I can tell you this, it's not Inga, and the request is to help you find some peace and some happiness and to discover the true meaning of Christmas. I'm an elf at the North Pole right before Christmas. I know what Christmas is. Well, Elmer, we're talking here about the true meaning of Christmas, not the stuff, okay? Not the schedules, not the conflict, not the grief. Those kind of things can find their way into your life in this time of year, and it steals away the true meaning. It's the true reason for the season. Well, I don't have time for this, and I know I don't have time for you two, so why don't you just go? Harold, what are we going to do now? 
watch the master. So uh, that's why I've got the wings and you're still working on yours. So, you know, listen up and watch a little bit. Well, okay, Elmer, uh, we'll grant your request. We'll go away and far away. But guess what? You are coming with us. What? We can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we could do that. Well, at least I can do that, Alfred. That's pretty cool. You know, maybe I should kind of pay attention a little more so I can earn my wings. I think so. Please rise.
You may be seated. We wait all year to be able to say two very important words, and it's not just happy holidays. I think that kind of really waters down, but there are two words that we get to say today in particular because it is an incredible event for you and for me, and those words are Merry Christmas. Very good. And you know it's Christmas time, at least in the Thielen world, when two things happen. Number one, I get a haircut. All right. Today, it's fresh as can be. And then, I hope the cameras can catch this, um, I get to wear my Christmas socks. I don't wear them in July. I wear them when we could celebrate the birth of Christ. So welcome. And we are going to celebrate today the greatest story ever told. It's God's love for you and for me, God's love for this world, and we're going to rejoice and sing and praise and laugh, and uh, we're going to trust this God who's at work, even during a COVID time, right? Uh, I know we have guests here today. Glad you're with us. And if you do not have a church home, we'd love to be that church home, because we'd love to walk with you during our time on this earth together uh, encouraging each other, blessing each other. So uh, let us know. And one of the ways in which you can let us know that you're here today is you could text 90, uh, text 1C guest to 94,000. And then if you have questions, we can answer that for you. So if you would do that. Also, a little bit later, we're going to be having communion. And if you came into the church through the family gathering area, we had a place by the kitchen, by the window to receive these elements. If you have not received these elements, you can make your way through. Um, I would do it probably in the next song to go get these so that a little bit later you can join with us in the celebration of the Lord's Supper. Now here at 1C, we believe that this is bread and wine or bread and juice, but also the body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of sins. We believe it is an incredible spiritual gift for you and for me. So if that's your belief, we don't just invite you, we encourage you, because this is a gift from God for God's people. So if you would make your way there, then I'm going to go to another pocket. I feel like I'm a magician. Um, hopefully on the way in, you received a bookmark. This bookmark tells us about a new series that's going to begin January 3rd, 40 Days of Prayer. And our intent here at 1C is to leverage one of the greatest gifts that God has given us, and it's the gift of prayer to help us in a breakthrough in our life. And I don't know what your breakthrough is. You know, you might be sitting here thinking it's about a breakthrough in a relationship. It might be a breakthrough uh, with an illness and with your health. It might be finances. It might be grief and sorrow, and you just need to break through some of that. So we're going to leverage the gift of prayer during these 40 days beginning 2021, and we're going we're gonna to pray that God would break through and give us the peace and the joy and the love that he wants to give us. So again, it's just some announcements for us today. And uh, my prayer for us is we, we celebrate, not just today, but every day, the life, uh, the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That's worship.
seeking truth to travel from afar, hoping to find a child from heaven. They've fallen on their knees and bow before the humble Prince of
Well, Merry Christmas, boys and girls. I hope you've got one of these bags on your way in, but don't open it yet, because I've got to warn you, this is not what you would expect out of a Christmas goodie bag. But that's kind of the year we've been having, isn't it? Not what we would have expected. You know, maybe you had some sports or some activities that got canceled this year. Maybe you had some trips planned that got postponed. Maybe you couldn't have friends over for a birthday party. And maybe, just maybe, your Christmas plans might look a little bit different this year. I think there's something we can learn in all of this. Maybe it's the simple things in life that are really the best things. Because if you think about the first Christmas, it's not what I would have expected. Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, entered this world by being born as a baby in a tiny little town of Bethlehem. All right, you can go ahead and open your bags. And if you look in here, you will see there's some animal fur. Because when Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem, there was no room for them in the inn. There was no guest room for them anywhere. So they had to stay in a stable with the animals. And then there's also some wood in here. Because when Jesus was born, they didn't have a bed to lay him in. So they laid him in a manger. And then there's some bran flakes because that manger that they laid baby Jesus in is where they fed the animals. You can eat the bran flakes if you want. They're actually pretty good. I like bran flakes. I especially like them in a bowl with with milk and sugar and raisins for breakfast. That's pretty good. But you know what? They're not too bad this way either. So you can go ahead and enjoy those if you want. And then if you look in the bag, there's straw in there because the animals laid down on straw on bedding and they slept right there where Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus were. Well, this bag doesn't seem too exciting or special, does it? And at first, the birth of Jesus doesn't seem that exciting either. But it's not the stuff that makes things exciting. It's not the presents, the gifts, the cookies. The parties, the things of Christmas, the lights and decorations that make it special. It's Jesus himself that makes it special. And if you can do this carefully without pulling the straw out and making a huge mess, if you reach down in there, there is another bag underneath the straw with some candy in it. And so I want you to enjoy the hugs and kisses and the candy cane as a reminder that Jesus is the sweetest gift of love that we could ever ask for. And he is the greatest gift of Christmas. And Jesus is what Christmas is all about. And he loves you so much that he would leave heaven, come to earth, be born as a tiny baby. But not just to be born as a baby. He grew up and he gave his life for you. He loves you so much that he died on a cross, rose from the grave, and is alive. And he offers us life with him now and forever. So that's the meaning of Christmas. That's the joy and the happiness that we can have. So Merry Christmas, boys and girls. Enjoy your candy and have a great evening.
child prays for peace on earth and she's calling now from a sea of hurt oh come oh come light of the world. Just think about that in, in light of December. You know, we're, we're in the middle of December. There's a lot of darkness that goes on. And during this time of darkness, I don't know what you feel, but it, it affects me. It may affect you too. 
I like sunshine. And when I was in Tucson, Arizona, living there, right, sunshine for 352 days out of the year. So this darkness is dark. But the kind of darkness that was really in, in, um, in contrast to this song that we just sang, we have something called sin, and it is dark. It affects you, it affects me, it affects all of humanity. And that darkness is dismal. That darkness is deadly. And God decided to do something about that darkness in a way that only he could. I mean, people have tried to do all sorts of things throughout the course of human history to, to deal with this sin and this darkness. But they pale in comparison to the light that comes through Christ. So it's important for people like you and me, um, not just on Christmas Eve, but often, to contemplate our sin and our need for light. And that, in fact, that's what Paul talks about, the Apostle Paul that wrote much of the New Testament. He talked about the fact that we should examine ourselves. We should, in a sense, look in the mirror and see what is. And we're going to do that now in prayer. And then afterward, I'm going to remind you of the grace and light that comes in Christ. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, on this Christmas Eve, 2020, uh, this year, it, it, it's been pretty dark. Um, when it comes to COVID, when it comes to uh, the political and the tensions that have taken place, uh, and then, Lord, just in our own personal life, uh, we have fallen short of what you desire for your children. We don't always listen to you. We don't always follow your directions. And because of that, we, we stumble in that darkness. So we are coming to you humbly. Uh, like those first shepherds, like the wise men, uh, like those first people that came to that baby Jesus. We humbly come to you today because we know that you can shine light on our dark, dismal world. So we confess our sin to you. We, we need your forgiveness that comes through your son. And we thank you for all that he did. That humble birth in a manger in a stable. We give thanks that he grew up and lived a perfect life. We thank you that he went into Jerusalem and he knew what was ahead of him. And we thank you that he was willing to be betrayed and arrested and beaten and placed on a cross and put into a tomb. But we especially give you thanks that he took our sin upon him and in his resurrection you have given us life and light and hope and peace and joy and all the things that we talk about in this Christmas season. Our lives are changed for eternity. So thank you for that. Thank you for what you're doing in our life. And we now ask, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts as we get ready to receive a very special meal. We thank you for the Lord's Supper. And we pray now that your spirit would give us the faith to grab hold of all the blessings that are in this meal. The presence of your son, the faith and forgiveness that is given to us as a gift, and then change lives. Thank you. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I know in that prayer I covered a, a lot of territory, didn't I? 
talked about our sin and I talked about God's grace. And honestly, I don't think we can just in a short period of time talk about the magnitude of our sin or the magnitude of God's grace. That's where this meal comes in. From our eyes, we look at this meal and we say, oh, okay, it's just bread and wine or juice. But when God's spirit gets involved and he gives you faith and me faith, it's not just bread and wine. It's body and blood for forgiveness and for faith and to strengthen us in our journey. So I want to invite you now to please take the elements out. And what I'm going to do first is I'm going to share with you the words of institution. It's when Jesus gave this meal to those disciples in that upper room 2,000 years ago. And then after I share with you those words from Scripture, I'm going to invite you then to take the elements one at a time, and I'll walk you through that. But I just want you to really listen to these words. This is a, a beautiful gift for us on Christmas, the best gift ever. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then in the same way also he took the cup after supper. And after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. So if you would, open up and if you would take the bread and then take and eat, this is the body of Christ given for you. And then if you would, open up the wine or the juice. And if you would take and drink, this is the blood of Jesus shed for you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, 2,000 years ago, you revealed yourself to be the light of the world, the Messiah, the Savior. As you lived on this earth, you, you made yourself known to be a friend of sinners. And tonight, right here, you have made yourself known in this meal in a marvelous way, in an amazing way, in a way that we can't fully fathom, but we receive by faith all the gifts you have given to us. So thank you for this meal. Thank you for this gift. Thank you for your love for us and for the way in which you demonstrate that. And we pray this in your name as we now pray together the prayer that you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. So things are a little bit turned around, just so you know, I'm going right from this great, beautiful meal to the prayers, Lord's Prayer, and now we're going to get into the sermon. 
And I was thinking about, uh, in light of our journey where we've been kind of going through and we've been watching somebody named Elmer the Elf, and uh, he's somewhat of a misfit, uh, and yet he reminds us of you and me. So I was thinking, what theme, what was the goal? What are we hoping for for Elmer? And then what, I, what am I hoping for for you and for me? And so the theme, if I can have that up on the screen, is embracing the Savior. Remember, throughout our four weeks, and we watched Elmer embrace all sorts of things that weren't helping him in his life. And so we're going to talk about embracing the Savior about every, everything else. So I want to show you a series of pictures. I'm not going to give much commentary about them. I just want you to look at the pictures. And there is a, a theme that is woven through all the pictures. And at the end, I'm going to tell you the phrase that comes to my mind as we look at them. So let's uh, look at the first set of pictures. And there we have, uh, just take a look at those three. Maybe you can relate to some of that. Maybe you can't. Some of that, I, 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 you know, are, we, we're, we have an empty nest now. So I don't, I don't even understand what that whole school stress is. But I've seen it in some of your world. And even in light of COVID, for teachers and parents and for kids. How about the next series of questions or uh, pictures? How about the next set? And here's the last series. I'll tell you the picture on the top right. Maybe you could think about what I'm getting at. What gets in the way of us embracing the Savior? And, and this phrase comes to mind for me. Having your hands full. And I'll just say, if I could summarize one thing about 2020 and one thing about this COVID thing that we've been dealing with for 10 months, feels like 10 years, is feeling like your hands are full or your hands are tied. And, and I look at our teachers and all that they've had to do to adjust and to change and try to meet the needs of parents and kids. Then I watch these kids who, you know, some going online isn't going to work, work for them. And then you get parents who have jobs and have to somehow navigate all that. Or I go to our healthcare workers and all the things that they've had to go through and all the... Um, We'll just say the stress and the anxiety that they've gone through, their hands being really full of taking care of patients that at times maybe their life is even on the line. That's a lot, right? So this idea of having our hands full is really, uh, it, it started at the very beginning of time. If we think about it, back with Adam and Eve, there was this moment and movement where God created them and placed them on the earth, right? Placed them into the garden, and it was a beautiful place. And he said, enjoy everything, but don't eat from the tree in the middle of the garden. Because if you eat from it, what's going to happen? You're going to die. I don't think they understood what that meant to die, but it didn't sound good. But once they took from the tree, their hands were full. 
And how did they deal with that circumstance? Well, they went to hide from God, right? They, they, they made some kind of clothes, and then they went to hide. But what did God do? How did he respond? What did he do to deal with this? So I have this, this slide that just shows you that what I call that rhythm of creation, fall into sin, and then we have the promise. And to me, it, it's like I'm in the way of probably the most important thing that we're talking about is a manger and a cross. This was God's response to what happened. God looked down on the heaven and the earth. God looked at humanity like you and to me, and he knew that no matter how hard we tried with these hands or with our, our life, we weren't going to be able to deal with this. So our hands were full, and we were in trouble. So if you recall, when God found Adam and Eve, he responded to them. And he said, you know what, Eve, childbirth is not going to be a piece of cake. Adam, when you work, there's going to be thorns and thistles, and it's gonna be, you're going to have sweat. It's not going to be easy. But then when we look at the third person that he addressed, if you recall, that was the serpent himself. And God had some very specific words. And I always smile, because when you look at Genesis 3.15, and I remember growing up and watching children say these words, and they don't have any clue of what it means. But, but here are the words. Genesis 3.15. I will put enmity between you and the woman and between you and your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. If you noticed, if you looked carefully, the pronouns were underlined. I, he, his. In essence, what God is saying to the serpent and probably Adam and Eve were listening in. I've got this. This is, this is bigger than you. You're not going to be able to handle this thing called sin. And if I just left it on its own, you will be lost forever. So I've got this. And you know why? Because I love you. I love you with an everlasting love. I will pursue you to the very end. And I'm going to, you know what, I love you so much, I'm willing to do the unthinkable. My only son, my precious son, I'm going to put him on this earth, and he's going to do these things and, and take it in his hands. And he's going to bring life and salvation. The Apostle Paul talked about it in Galatians 2, verse 16. He says it this way. We know very well that we are not set right with God by rule-keeping, but only through personal faith in Jesus Christ. How do we know? We tried it. And we had the best system of rules the world has ever seen. I remember Paul was a Pharisee. He was a very learned man. He prided himself in keeping the laws, right? But he, even he admits we couldn't do it no matter how hard I tried. And he, he would say he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. He was like, if anyone could do it, it would be him. And now he says, it just isn't right. It could only be done by God himself. And so the Christmas story, I think, is a great reminder of how God works and how he desires all people 
to know him. So if we think about that, that story, where was it and who was it to be the first people to know about the birth of Christ? Lowly, stinky, insignificant, outcast shepherds. They, were, you know, they weren't the people that you would want to hang with. But God says, I want to hang with you. So the angels appear to them and say, you know, today in the city of David, a Savior has been born. I mean, it was just exciting for shepherds. Yes. And here's where the connection is. I think the shepherds remind us a little bit of Elmer T. Elf and people like you and me. Right? And then a couple of years later, we find that the Savior is now presented to, to these wise men. They were incomplete too. You had the shepherds on the one end, they were incomplete. They didn't have what they needed. They needed the Savior. And now these wise men, who in many respects would be wealthy and learned, and they have all their act together, so you have the full spectrum. And God leads them. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go back to the story of Elmer T. Elf and those angels. And we're going to watch this play out. And remember, I, I, I said at the beginning, I wasn't sure if Elmer is going to get it and understand it. Let's see what happens. Where are we? Yeah, where are we, Elf? Where are we? We're in the stable where the baby Jesus was just born. He's right down there. Joseph, we need to find some place to lay him down. I can't believe we don't even have a place for him to lay his head. Mary, look, I found a feed truck. Do you think this will work? I, I, I guess it could work. I know that parents always say their child is perfect, but somehow I just sense this time that he is truly perfect. Okay, so what does a poor family, a baby, and a barn have to do with anything, especially Christmas? How does this have to do with my happiness and my sense of peace? Oh, Elmer, that's not just any baby. That's the Son of God. That's the Messiah, Emmanuel, the Christ. Yeah, that's why they call it Christmas. I mean, Christmas. <laughs> okay, so I understand why they call it Christmas. But what does that have to do with me and my struggles? Oh, Elmer... This has everything to do with you and your struggles. That little baby, he, he came into the world to deal with things like this. He's the only true hope the world's ever going to know. He came into the world in that lowly little manger on a still night. He came on his own schedule. He's going to bring the only lasting resolution to grief and to conflict that the world's ever going to know. You see, he came for all mankind. But here's the thing. He came also specifically for you.
my doubts. You were watching over the, the month of December. Elmer just wasn't getting it. But by the grace of God, by Jesus, Elmer is getting it. He is embracing the Savior and all that comes along with it. And so we rejoice for you. We rejoice in this good news becoming personal and real in your life. And uh, we give thanks to God for what he's done in you. So thank you. So the question is now about you and me and us. Have you ever embraced the Savior? You know, for my uh, first 17 years of life, Jesus was just an idea. He was a concept. And I, and I got the, the little manger scene, I understood the cross, but I did not see the connection. Embracing the Savior means welcome, welcoming him into our personal heart and life. And, and sometimes what that means is just like what Elmer did, and I don't know if you saw the significance of this, crackers, he had issues with animal crackers, right? 
he left them behind. And he's moving forward. And maybe some of you remember the Charlie Brown Christmas thing. There is this moment that I think is stirring and stunning and spiritually significant. Where Linus, remember? He leaves his blanket. Why? Because Jesus and the story of God's love was going to give him consolation and comfort and peace and eternity. So my, my prayer for you is that you understand the significance of this day for you in your life today and tomorrow and for eternity. Because embracing this Savior is a matter of dark versus light, right? This is light. And it's also a matter of life forever with him. So I think in John chapter 1, we have a beautiful summary of this. So if I can have that up there. Yeah, John 1, 14, verse 16. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. I love the message version. It says this. The word became flesh and he moved into the neighborhood. I, do like, I like that translation as well. He came to you because he knew that we needed him desperately. And made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. And I hope you get that. When we have Jesus here, oh my goodness, the blessings that abound. Does it mean that COVID automatically goes away? No. Does it mean that other troubles that we, no. But we do have a peace in the midst of whatever we're going through. And I, you know, back when I, um, my life was changed, I remember seeing this little cliche, and I should have put it on the screen, but no Jesus, no peace, no Jesus, no peace. And you, at first glance and first hearing it, it's like, well, is, are you saying the same? Well, I am. But if you don't have Jesus, you're not going to understand peace. But when you know him, K-N-O-W, you're going to know peace like you've never had it before. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make myself available. Or whoever you want to go talk to. If you have not embraced the Savior, if you have not had him personally in your heart and life, I wanna, I'm going to pray right now for you. Okay? And then we're going to be singing Silent Night. And I'm hoping that that moment is going to uh, move us into embracing him like we've never done before. But if you want to talk more about this, please call me. I'd love to share with you what I've come to know and something that will change your life forever. So let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, again, you came to this earth and you knew what you were doing. You decided to take upon yourself everything. All the sin, all the yuck, all the consequence and your desire is that people like us would embrace you would hold on tightly to you really hold on for dear life because there's no other way so may your Holy Spirit stir within us to see the light of your love that was created on that 
very first silent night. Thank you for being at work. And Lord, I pray that you would tug, tug on our hearts, that we would trust in you, we would hold you, we would rejoice in you. Thank you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So as I mentioned, we're going to continue, and I love this. Now, I don't know about you if you remember growing up, but I remember I didn't go to church a lot, but if I'd go on Christmas Eve, we would do this thing with the candles, and it was kind of cool. But now for me, it's much more than just being cool. We're going to be receiving the light, physical, but we've also received it spiritual. And that light is going to fill this room but more important than filling this room, and this is the spiritual part, that it would fill right here. So we're going to sing Silent Night, we're going to light these candles, and we're going to rejoice in God's gift for you and me. Let's begin with Silent Night. Oh. 
simple, powerful message. So I want to invite you at this time to extinguish your candles, and then after you do so, please stand for the blessing. And this blessing comes from God to you. It's a personal blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen. Oh uh -huh.